0: Welcome to Sasha Speaks. This is your girl Sasha speaking and I welcome all new audience who comes to listen to this podcast and today's message is going to be a little different than the last one. If you are new to this channel you are welcome to listen in. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the previous episodes I encourage you to do so. Um, The last time we spoke with each other. We touched on the topic of hatred and unforgiveness where I basically just broke down what God says in the year of 2020 of this year in reference to the different things that are going on in the United States like the protests and um, you know the Black Lives uh, Matter movement and just all kind of stuff that's going on. So um, I just wanted to make a another transition in reference to what the Lord has been talking to me about and one of the topics he wants me to address for today is called idolatry. So I'm just gonna break the idolatry down um, into I believe almost three to four segments. I'm not gonna be able to cover everything in this one segment but I will um, dissect it into like three to four segments so that we can um, go into depth as to what God is speaking in reference to idolatry. Now, when you think about idolatry, a lot of people pretty much think that it's from the Old Testament, that most people, um, when they think of idolatry, they think of it as bowing down to physical idols whether it's made of wood stone gold silver and in some countries they still do idolatry like in india for an example but it doesn't necessarily mean specifically physical objects that you bow to or worship it can also mean different things um to give you an example it could be uh whatever you make as a first priority in your life If that one thing that you do or partake in, um, if you basically put that one thing in your life and prioritize that one thing above God, uh that is considered as idolatry so for an example if you say like sports or something like some people really really like sports and then there's some people who like worship sports like every single day they live and breathe sports so you gotta be careful of that because if you don't put um got first above sports for an example that can be considered as an idol therefore can be can be considered as your God, and then you unknowingly can actually worship that thing. So that is an idea or an example of what idolatry is. So I'm actually going to focus on a specific scripture, and I'm actually going to go into that right now. So the one particular scripture that I'm going to um, base all the segments on is referring to Colossians chapter 3, verses 5, which reads, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, which is sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So, if you think about it, I'm just gonna focus on mostly sexual morality. So, sexual morality will be the main focus. Um, so we all know sexual morality is self-explanatory, um, and most people know it to be translated into fornication, um, or what we all know as sex. Now, sex was created by God, where he says that he created the male and the female for populating the earth. He also designed it to feel good, but he basically designed sex to be expressed with one spouse in marriage. So I want you to actually keep in mind that marriage is not just um, unity with one person by law. Most of you, we all know, like in society, marriage is one of those things. It's like, oh, yeah, once you get married, you sign this contract in law, by law, that you will be with this person for the rest of your life. So that's on earth. But when you think in the spiritual aspect of it, marriage is also a, a bond spiritually between your spouse but most people don't really think of it that way but it really is a spiritual um, aspect to it so I'm gonna go a little bit deeper into it so if you think about it God didn't create sex just for pleasure he did that was the main reason why he did but he also created sex to be for a holy and spiritual union. So if you actually get a chance to um, take a look at Mark chapter 10 uh, verses 6 through 9 and I'm actually going to read a little bit into it and it basically just says this, but from the beginning of creation God created them male and female for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and they too shall become one flesh. So this means that once you join yourself with someone sexually, you basically become one with that person, not only physically, but spiritually. That is why it is so important for you to know that God doesn't want you just sleeping with just anyone or everyone. Um, And some people might think of it not as you know you might not think of it as a big deal because you know that's what you need you have a certain desire you want to fulfill the desire once you fulfill it you're done but in God's eyes he sees it at on a deeper level and that's why I'm here to give you that aspect so he also the Lord doesn't also he also doesn't want you to control or be controlled by your uh, sexual desires either and I know that's a tough thing to to talk about because um, a lot of us we deal with those desires, and it's a basic, <laughs> it's a basic need of what we need in our in our lives. Um, so it's kind of hard to really, you know, talk about something like this in in reference to God, because when you think about God, you just think of God as God, and when you think about sex, you think of sex as sex, and you're like, ah, don't mix the two. I don't want to think about it. No, I don't want to talk about it. But it is important to talk about because when you think about it, in the church, they don't they don't really talk about it. And then you have people in church who, you know, you deal with this or they struggle in this aspect of their lives and they need help, but they don't feel comfortable talking to their pastor or they don't feel comfortable talking to members of the church because they feel like they should feel ashamed or maybe they feel uncomfortable because it's like, and eh, this is one of the things we shouldn't talk about. But if you are a believer in Christ, it, this is the most important thing you should talk about because. A lot of us do and struggle in this area and if we don't have someone to basically hold us accountable or at least someone to talk to about it to give get advice we're going to continue to struggle in this area so it is important to talk about it even though the church decides not to talk about it Um, but I'm here to talk about it so uh, to try to give you some insight on hopefully to help you on what to do but um, I'm actually just going to go into another scripture to try to give you a deeper aspect of it. And then from there, I can try to help you to see um, if you need help in this area. Or if you don't, maybe you just had you needed some insight about this area, or maybe you just wanted to know, or maybe you're just curious about it. It doesn't really matter either way. But I just feel like the Lord wants me to pinpoint um, this specific um, thing that we need to talk about in the body of Christ. So if you actually transition and go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, this is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church in um, reference to sexual immorality. So if you think about it, all the way back in biblical times, even back then, they dealt with the situation and people in in People who were believers in Christ dealt with this situation, and they also struggled in this area too, so that is why Paul is talking about it so it just goes to show like this is nothing new under the sun this is <laughs> this is something that you shouldn't be ashamed of this is something you shouldn't feel bad about this is just something that it, it's a part of life and Paul in the Bible he talks about it he talks about the importance of sexual uh purity and how important it is to God to pretty much um, abstain from certain things. Now, um, I encourage you to read the entire chapter to get the, um, the context of what he's saying, because I don't want to just pinpoint specifics of what he says, and then you don't get the whole concept of what he's saying as a whole. So I encourage you to read the whole chapter. So when we go into it, He basically is saying to the church, the Corinthian church, that they should um, abstain from sexual immorality and basically stay pure in Christ. Um, And when you think about it, you got to go all the way back into the beginning of time, um, and sexual sin has, it's nothing new, like I said, but it all goes based back to sin. And when you think about sin itself, it actually, and we all know this, it entered into the world when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? So once this happens, then or a.k.a. rebellion against God spread into all humanity. Um, and you see it today. Uh, but when you think about it, before they ate from the tree, they only knew what God told them. But once they actually disobeyed God, their act of rebellion separated them from God. So when you think about it, uh, Sexual immorality is basically sin because it's sex outside of wedlock, and when you commit this sin, you basically are separating your relationship between you and God. So, because of that, God addresses this issue, um, through Paul to the church in reference to, you know, this sin because he wants he wants the body of Christ to be w- one with Christ. He doesn't want to have people in the church who's committing a sin and then creating a barrier between them and God. Um, And keep in mind, you can talk to God directly. You don't have to go to the pastor. You don't have to go to members of the church just to connect to God. You can go directly to God. He is the source. It is only because Jesus was the middleman and when he died on the cross that destroyed the barrier. But there are certain things that we can do in our lives to continue to keep that barrier up between us and God when we commit when we continue to to indulge in sin. Even though Jesus died on the cross and he forgave us of our sins, he doesn't still want us to indulge in them. He wants us to abstain them. And it is only really through him That can help us to refrain from committing sin. Now, does that mean that we're going to be perfect? Does that mean that we're never going to make mistakes? No. But if you're willing to submit yourselves fully to God, fully to Christ, Christ will work in you to To remove that desire to continue to rebel against him, and it takes time. Some of you might be on different levels with God. Some of you might be really, really, really close with the Lord, and you're, you know, you, you're doing the best you can, and you're staying focused on Christ, and you're not trying to commit certain sins and th- things like that. But it really, it's not really our ability. It really has to do with the help of the Holy Spirit. When you become a believer in Christ, and most of us know this, we receive the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We believe that he died on the cross for our sins. We repent and turn away from our sins and submit our heart wholeheartedly to him. And when we do this, we receive him in our hearts and he lives with us until he returns. But we also need to ask the Lord to fill us up with the Holy Spirit. Because in the Bible, if you read the Word, I encourage you to read the Word. Look up what the Scriptures say about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was given to us by Christ when he left, when he got crucified. And He said he was sent someone um, in in standing while he was gone, who was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was given to us as a seal, almost like a, a stamp. It's like once you receive the Holy Spirit, it's almost the Lord's Spirit that lives in you, Right? It's just, it seals you until he actually returns on earth, which is the second coming, right? And then not only that, the Holy Spirit walks with you and helps you. It's almost like a helper while you're on earth to help you, to lead you and to live in a holy life. So it's, it's the Holy Spirit is there to help you. So you're not by yourself. So when it comes to sexual sin, like if you're dealing or struggling in this area, you ask the Holy Spirit to help you in that area. And... Not to say that you should pray it away because you're always going to deal with certain physical struggles because we live in this physical body. But when you lean on the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit for help and you submit unto him, he will help you um, in any area that you struggle in. Like I said, you're not going to be perfect and you're not going to always get everything correct. But as long as you're willing to submit yourselves wholeheartedly to God, the Holy Spirit will help you. Another thing that will help you too is finding a friend or someone who believes in Christ just as you do to hold you accountable. A lot of times we we need accountability. A lot of times we try to avoid the things that we know that we should do, but we shouldn't, but we end up not doing it. And we don't commit full fully. So we need someone to be there to to understand where we are in our lives with Christ, what level we are with Christ, so that they can work with us. Um, while we're still walking this life out step by step. So if you have a friend or somebody that you're close with, find somebody that you really, really could talk to or vent to. um, Hopefully you guys can find someone like that to kind of just talk to and just get some insight on where you are in your walk with Christ. And just be honest with them. Don't be ashamed to tell them where you're at because at the end of the day, everybody has to live their life and everybody has to walk this 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 walk of faith out with with Jesus and Jesus understands like he's not he's not going to condemn you but he 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 does correct us and as a loving father he he cares about us and he wants the best for us so he's going to he's going to correct you and he's going to turn you in the right direction but you have to be willing like you, he's not going to force you either like if you doesn't if you don't want to listen to God if you don't want to submit to the Holy Spirit if you don't want to go by the Lord's leading based on what his word says that's really up to you you he gave us free will in the beginning of time so we have the power of choice that's the thing he won't force himself on you but if you are if you want to make a change and you know that you need to make a change in this area God will be there for you. He's willing to help you. So I hope that gives you some aspect of what, you know, what you actually need. Because I know a lot of us struggle in this area in our lives. And a lot of us are either single some are married, some people might be out here and you might be married, and then there's a lot of people out here who are single and they're just asking a question like, well, I'm single, I don't have anybody, how am I supposed to focus on the Lord when I have these desires and I'm trying to do the best I can, but I I don't know which way to turn. Well, just to let you know, you are not alone in this aspect, like, you are not alone, trust me, you are not alone, like, The church might not tell you this. The pastor might not tell you. The deacon might not tell you. Whoever's in the church might not tell you, but I'm here to tell you that you are not alone. Like, you have someone here who wants to support you and be there by your side to walk you step by step. So hopefully this helps you in this aspect. Um, And the best analogy that I can give to give you an idea of how important it is to to stay sexually pure, if you look... I'm just going to specify. I'm actually going to go to the scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Let me just take a look to see here. Uh, Hold on. I'm going to look at the scripture for you. To give you an aspect of how God sees you. So, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, um, it says... Uh, let's see let's click on it it says flee from sexual immorality all other sins a person commits are outside the body but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body so (laughs) the best analogy i can give you is this it's almost like the terminator and most of you have seen the movie the terminator if you haven't seen the movie please watch it it's a great movie so we all know the terminator comes back in time to kill john connor who created a resistance movement against the machines right so if you think about it this way the terminator is actually your sexual sin so every single time the terminator aka your sexual sin comes back in time to overtake you and to kill you but you have a choice just like John Connor did. John Connor could have just died if he wanted to in a movie. He could have just died. He could have just been like, oh, Terminator, I don't know who this is, but I'm just going to die. I'm just going to give up. I'm not going to run away. I'm just going to give into it. And boom, he's dead. But John Connor actually fights back. He fights back and in doing so, he defeats the Terminator a bunch of times, and that's why there's, like, a series of the different Terminators. So I just, it, it, I don't know, that's the, it's kind, it sounds kind of weird, but when I think about sexual immorality, I think about it that way. It's almost like the Terminator, like, the terminator your sexual sin, and it tries to overtake you. But you can be John Connor. You can be the resistance. Like, I encourage you, be the resistance. Resist the devil, and he will flee. There's a scripture, an extra scripture for you. When you resist the devil, he will flee. And if you think about it, Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tempted when he was walking in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. You know the devil was trying to tempt him with all kind of stuff. He, The devil actually offered him the world. The only catch to that was he had to basically bow down to the devil, and Jesus was like, Mm-mm, "Get behind me, Satan!" He had to re- he had to resist him, and when he resisted him, the devil fleed. Now, did it, did it? Does that mean that when you resist the devil the first time and he flees, that he's gonna stay away? No, he's gonna consistently do it as long as you are alive, and that's the fight that we put up every single day. But as long as you keep fighting you still have another chance, you still have another choice to to not allow that sexual sin to overtake you. So I hope that encourages you. Um, I know that's off the branch a little bit, but I like to get, give a different perspective. Um, and some of you might be asking too, and I want to just address this before I get going. You might be asking, okay, how is having sex sinning against your own body because a lot of you might think of it like oh well it's my body it belongs to me I can do whatever I want and yeah you can that's that's true you you, you know you do you do actually to have your body and that is yours to do what you want with it because God created you and all that but in a way it actually that's kind of like you're playing into Satan's plan for you too because the Satan wants you to keep believing that so that he can kind of have control over your sexual desires almost like he tries to manipulate you to think like you have everything under control when you really don't and this only happens when we truly believe like god is not the head of our lives like if we really take into captivity of our own will our own destiny like yeah you can choose what you want to do but depending on what kind of choices you make, it leads down certain paths and there are certain consequences that come with it. So if you're willing to deal with those consequences, then by all means do so. But it saves you a lot of time, effort, when you actually submit to God and just say, Lord, let your will be done and not my own. And, Lord, I have this, this struggle here, this this weakness here, and I need you to help me. And when you do that, like he literally— he will come to you in in grace and he would be like okay i'll work with you but i mean it's it's it really is self-explanatory like we don't when you become a believer in Christ we don't own our bodies he our bodies are like a temple to Christ like he literally says it in his word like he bought us at a price Like, he literally bought us at a price. Like, when he died on a cross, he didn't just die in vain. He died, literally died, to purchase us, including our bodies. A life for a life. Or a life for lives, if you think about it. Because he sacrificed his body for ours. So now it's it's really up to us to make the decision on whether or not we want that. Like that's the invitation. Like he already did it; it's already done. Like there's no shame anymore. There's no guilt anymore. There shouldn't be any shame or guilt. If you do feel guilt and shame, that's not from the Lord. That's from the enemy. Because <laughs> Jesus came to to save the world. He didn't come to condemn it. That's the whole pur- purpose of him dying. He wanted to save us. He wanted to save us. So the transaction. Was already made when he said it is finished. Before he took his last breath on the cross, it's already done. It's just up to you to choose to believe it or not. But once it was done, it can't be taken back. So I just encourage you try to you know try to refrain from your urges, even though it's not an easy task, and uh, you you're not perfect take the choice, be the resistance, be the resistance, fight the fight, fight the good fight, fight to duke it out, (laughs) I'm telling you, if you choose to, to fight it out, you're not alone in the fight, God will fight your battles for you, he promises to do that, and he will always love you, and he will always help you if you surrender fully to him, remember, you belong to Jesus, but it's up to you to receive his love, he wants to dwell in your heart. And he desires a relationship with you. If there are those who are out there who don't really know the Lord, um, or maybe you know the Lord, but you you know you veered off and you know you've backslidden, you know you, like, <laughs> you've done some stuff where you're like, oh man, I don't think the Lord wants me back in his presence. He doesn't, that's a lie. He does want you back in his presence and he does care about you and he does love you. And um, I just want to, if you want me to, I just, I'll just i just pray for you. Lord Father God, I just pray for every person that's listening to this podcast. I pray that, Lord Father God, if they are struggling in this area, that you will help them, Lord Father God. And I pray that if they don't have anybody in their lives, that you will lead somebody in their life to cross their path to help them in this area, Lord Father God. And if they have nobody, Lord Father God, I stand in the gap and interceding on their behalf, that you would help them to surrender this weakness to you, Lord Father God, that you would help them as they surrender their hearts at this moment, as they surrender their minds at this moment, as they give their life to you, Lord Father God, once again, uh, and their heart fully to you, once again, that you will fill their hearts with love and forgiveness, Lord Father God, that you will come to them and surround them, Lord God, with your grace, with your kindness, Lord Father God, and that you will help them in this struggle that they are facing, Lord Father God. (laughs) It is not easy, Lord God, we know this, we know this, uh, this life is not easy, but Lord, you are with us every step of the way, and we thank you for it, Lord Father God. And, Lord, I just ask that you will bless them throughout this week, Lord Father God. Give them peace over their situations, whatever they're dealing with, Lord Father God. Help them to give it over to you, Lord God, for you care for us, Lord Father God. You say that you will never leave us or forsake us. So, Lord, we just thank you for keeping us, Lord. We thank you for loving us, Lord, even when we don't love ourselves, Lord God. And we magnify you in jesus mighty name we surrender all to you amen and amen i hope you enjoyed this podcast i really enjoyed giving this message um and i hope this encourages you guys i hope this gives you some good insight i hope you enjoyed this message for today i'm gonna continue to pinpoint um pinpoint this uh, a segment of the podcast in reference to idolatry and um I hope that you would tune in through the next week of what I have in store for you guys um just stay tuned and hope you have a wonderful day alrighty bye bye